Hey there, and welcome to another Coffee Break with Lance Phelps, the show where you go and you get your favorite cup of coffee, hopefully a single origin fresh roasted coffee, and you sit down and we're going to have a little bit of a dialogue. I mean, not really because, I mean, I guess you could talk back to, you could might be screaming back at your stereo, no, you're wrong, but uh, nah, nah, we'll just have a nice little dialogue here or a monologue, but nevertheless, get your coffee and let's talk about something. Okay, so you have been shamed by the LGBT community for not being progressive enough to support a homosexual couple in their union. And this is a very hefty topic. It is, it's difficult and it is culturally uh, harsh, hardcore to deal with because this modern culture is shifting in uber light speed towards absolutely affirming every form of homosexual or, well, everything in the LGBTQIA plus uh, acronym, or I don't think that's an acronym, actually. It's just a bunch of letters kind of put together. But everything in that, they're, they're absolutely affirming of whatever behavior falls into that category. And this, of course, is a problem because a biblical perspective simply can't be affirming of those lifestyles. A biblical perspective is so obviously against them that as a Christian, we have to go, no, I'm not affirming of this lifestyle. I can be loving and patient. I can be kind and gentle, which is absolutely what we're called to be, by the way, according to the Bible. So Westboro Baptist, just put the signs down. Just just put them down. Just no, sorry. But what if you have been shamed? Like somebody, you, you look at them and they say, do you support homosexuality? Do you support a homosexual union? And you say, no, I can't do it. And they sort of go, they shake their heads like, man, you guys, you know, they, maybe they don't even do it verbally, but they, in fact, shame you. They cast shame and doubt upon whether or not you're even a good person for doing that. Then the question is, wait a second, hold on. How do we get here? And what are we going to do about it? Now, here's the situation. It actually goes, there's a lot of stuff going on under, under the surface. So let's start to dis- dissect this a bit. Shame is actually a very useful tool for cultures to try to make their the people within a certain geographical area to conform to that cultural norm or cultural standard. So basically, there's this ethical system that sort of goes behind the shame that is effectively uh, telling that person that you're, that you're shaming, you are outside of this ethical ethical system. Therefore, you are wrong or bad in this case, and there should be shame cast upon you, so you need to conform to this ethical system. So shame is a way to to pull deviance or deviations away from an ethical system back towards that particular ethical system. So shame can actually, in some small ways, be a good thing. Not to say that we're going to go around shaming people. That's That really isn't a great thing. But there are people who feel shame even if you're not trying to shame them. There's a difference between an attempt to shame someone and someone feeling shame because of their actions. We'll get into that in a little bit, but nevertheless, every shaming action, we're talking about active shaming here, where you're going to go, for shame, shame on you. Every, every time somebody does that, they are actually coming at it from an ethical system. But there's a problem, because the the LGBTQ, I mean, it's extremely broad, and it's hard to pin down exactly what it is, but by and large, the ethical system that, that sort of undergirds or underpins the LGBTQ you know, worldview is one that is 
vastly different from a Christian worldview. And now this may seem like, well, okay, we just have a different worldview, no big deal. It is actually a majorly big deal. Because once you start to really dissect their worldview, you not only find severely hypocritical things within the worldview, but you find uh, inconsistencies and you find uh, foundations that are basically rotten to the core. And I don't mean that in the sense that they're evil, though I they are evil, but they, they just can't support what they're trying to support. Let's dive into one of them, relativism. This is a very popular issue within the LGBT community. Relativism is very prominent and important for their worldview for them to make sense. Now, of course, they don't fully suss out all the details of relativism. There's just a sort of blind faith. It's just like, well, relativism must be true, right? But relativism is an extremely big problem because the moment that you start to relativize, and especially the, uh, the atheists nowadays who relativize all morality to being just the cultural standard of the day, then you have effectively thrown out morality. There is no such thing. Friedrich Nietzsche acknowledged this. He said, look, it's all about power. That's what it's about. It's not about who is morally superior. There's no moral standard above us. The only reason that you are trying to adhere to that is because you adhere to a Christian worldview and you're just kind of stealing their morality. But we need to accept the fact, and he, by the way, he's, uh, he's echoing Thrasymachus from uh, Plato's Republic. We need to accept the fact that power is the ultimate aspect of humanity. And whoever has the power calls the shots. That's, and that's a common position. But the question then becomes, wait, whoa, whoa, murder's not wrong then? And if you want to be consistent with relativism, then the answer is no, it is not ultimately or transcendently wrong. And transcendent is the important thing to consider here. Transcendence is what makes something right or wrong across the board. So the, the secular naturalist that says that there can be no such thing as transcendence or simply can't be anything that is by itself a transcendent quality, they effectively saying that it can't, can't be something outside of materialism or outside of the material plane that goes above or that is overarching over all things. Now, this is intuitively a problem. Now, intuitively, we know murder is in, I mean, it's, it's in trans, it's transcendently wrong. Murder is wrong. And so is rape. And so is, you know, taking advantage of the weak. There's so many things that we just, we just know are wrong. Now, we don't rely solely on our knowing that they're wrong as an argument against them. We have to we have to basically look at other aspects. Where does our foundation ultimately rest? And I'll get into that in a second. But right now, when we're looking at atheism, we realize, well, all of all of you know morality is thrown out. And Immanuel Kant actually recognized this. When he went in and he tried to dismantle the views that or the arguments that upheld that there is a God, and by the way, he did not fully do so. I don't care what those those philosophers that like him say. He just simply wasn't successful. But nevertheless, he tried to undo all of the traditional arguments for God so that there would be no God. He then said, but we've got to have God. He like slammed the front door on him, as R.C. Sproul put it, but then he went to the back door and opened it up and let God under the back door. Because he recognized without God, there is no transcendent unity or no transcendent being that can make morality make any sense. Ethics then would have no foundation, and that's a big pragmatic problem. But... We recognize that these things are right and these things are wrong. We recognize there's a certain amount of transcendence to them. So it's intuitively, we actually know, as Paul says in Romans 1, well, there is a God. And that is part of our realization. Well, there is a God. So now we have the LGBTQ's ethical system placed on kind of a shaky, erroneous foundation. It's going to fall over at any moment. But then there's all these inconsistencies that are within the system. So then the question is, wait, if I'm being shamed... 
to adhere to that ethical system, then how is that a legitimate shaming at all? It isn't. Because their, their shaming is an attempt to bring you in line with an ethical system that has no actual foundation. If we then go, okay, well, well let's just try to place this on a Christian foundation, as some people of the LGBT community try to do. They say, well, let's just maintain the Christian foundation, and we'll try to put, it, put LGBTQ beliefs right on top of that. Well, there's a problem with that. Because if we're going to rest on a Christian foundation, then, well, you got to look at the Bible. That's where the Christian foundation, uh, you know, is relayed to us. It comes from God, and it's relayed to us through the Bible. And the Bible absolutely annihilates the LGBT uh, ethical system. It just annihilates it. There is, you know, the Bible's sexual ethics are so plainly against LGBTQ, uh, you know, sexual ethics that those in the LGBT community that that analyze it, they look at it, and there's a lot of them that say, look, this is wholly incompatible with our system. We can't, we can't adhere to this. So it's almost like a pipe dream that there's, that there are those who say, oh, we can marry the two. We can have Christianity and LGBTQ belief systems, we can basically put our ethical system on top of Christianity. But it just, it, it basically crumbles. It's thrown out by, by the Christian worldview. It's thrown out by the Bible. It just, it can't stay there. And so when we try to adhere to a Christian worldview, then we have to not try to bring our own ethical system and place it on top of it. We have to conform to the transcendent reality that is the Christian worldview. Now, can there be transcendent realities? That's an, that's a basically a topic for another episode. We have to go back to God as the foundation for everything. Without a God, atheism, anything can be anything, can be anything. You can say or do whatever you want and ultimately try to justify it. But of course, your justification is moot because of the ultimate meaninglessness of the world. There is no meaning, there is no purpose, and there's nothing. if there's nothing beyond the material plane, then rationality doesn't even make sense. It, everything breaks down. You can't exist without a God. Literally, we are created by God and rationally we going from us to God is like second nature. We automatically know there's a God. In fact, Paul says that we suppress the truth of God. Now, if God is our foundation, though, there's a problem spelled out for the LGBT community. Because if God is the foundation, then they must abandon their beliefs. They must abandon their homosexual behaviors. They must abandon those things in order to conform to the one true, um, the one true worldview, the, the, to be consistent with Jesus Christ and his worldview. But if God doesn't exist at all, then, well, all rationality, all, you know, chance for existence, all that has to be basically thrown out. Obviously, we exist. Now, again, I'm not really getting into the arguments like I should. Well, I got to deal with that in a different episode. But ne- but suffice it to say, there must be a God. The classical arguments for, for God, simply, they just, it absolutely proves it. There must be a God. But, so kind of summing it all up and getting back to it. Effectively, when you're shamed by the LGBT community, they are effect- they're trying to tell you, you need to conform to this new ethical standard. But the question that you need to ask them is, by what foundation does your ethical standard rest, or on what foundation? And it com- becomes quite clear once you pe- start peeling back the layers that they're f- they have no foundation. It's just a it's it's a it's a chaotic mess underneath there, and it's sad. But it's the actual truth. Their their ethical foundation really is meaningless in the end. The only time that you can have an ethical foundation that means anything is if it rests on the one true foundation. And if it rests on the one true foundation, then there is only one true way to look at this, and that is God's way. It's everything that is written down in the Bible must then therefore be our guiding principle for how we see this. And if we, of course, go by the Bible, then homosexuality is 
the thing that stands outside of that ethical system. And it is our job to preach the gospel, to preach the good news, and to gently and lovingly help these uh, these people who are uh, going against the Bible to adhere to God's truth. That's all I have for you today. Make sure to check out our website, divedeep.net, for more content, including blog posts, book reviews, and video content. If you like this podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes and Google Play. Also, check out our main episodes of Dive Deep on the podcast feed and stream live on Facebook every other Thursday night at 7 p.m. That's at facebook.com slash divedeeppodcast. We hope to see you there. Soli Deo Gloria.